Hey guys, welcome back to Positive Impact with Andrew Schultz, episode number 40. And uh, on today's episode, I have a very special guest, a uh, dear friend of mine, John Vargo. John is the founder of Turn In. Turn In is a nonprofit organization um, founded by John, who is a retired 20 year firefighter paramedic who was introduced to meditation as a way to calm his mind. He immediately benefited from the effects and was compelled to share the practice with others. Turn In is a 501c3, offers first responders coping methods to deal with the effects of critical incidents and trauma calls experienced during their career. We teach first responders how to calm their minds and find the power of peace through meditation and other mindfulness practices. Our goal is to help first responders quiet their minds, create well create wellness and develop a renewed sense of control in their lives. Day after day, year after year, the toll of responding to traumatic medical, fire and police calls combined with lack of sleep leads many first responders into a prolonged state of depression and anxiety. To suppress the stream of mental anguish, first responders often turn to substance abuse, explosive and angry responses toward loved ones, nightmares and recounting traumatic calls which include child fatalities, gruesome suicides, and grieving families. Sadly, many nationwide studies have concluded that we lose more firefighters annually to suicide than line-of-duty deaths. This is post-traumatic stress. The primary purpose of Turn-In is to help active duty and retired first responders cope with, tr- with post-traumatic stress. Turn-In sponsors first responders to attend wellness retreats free of charge. The retreat equips first responders with meditation, tools to quiet their minds, healthy alternatives, and a renewed sense of control. John, welcome aboard, my man. Right on, man. Thank you for having me, Andrew. It's great to have you, man. Pleasure to be here. So let's just jump right in. Why did you start Turnin? How did it unfold? Tell us all about. Okay. So uh, like you said, uh, I was a firefighter for 20 years, paramedic. And, uh, I would from time to time, uh, you know, not be in my present moment of mind. And a lot of times I would turn to alcohol. I would come home from work. Uh, I'd be angry. I'd be upset. Um, and never found a solution for me that actually truly quieted my mind and what I was trying to do. Um, and this went on pretty much got worse towards the end of my career, the last few years of it. And uh, more, you know, my wife would notice it more in me. Uh, she would constantly be asking me to, to reach out for help. Mm-hmm. And so I would I'd reach out through the city programs that they had available. And a lot of times there was no availability to get in or it was months away um, or they weren't taking new patients. There was always a reason and I just stuck with that, but I would give her the offer that, hey, mm-hmm. I tried, mm-hmm. I tried to do it. Um, but overall, I mean, my career was great. I loved going to work. I loved being with the guys. I loved running the calls. I, I loved helping people out. Um, it definitely wears on you over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually, uh, I needed something else that wasn't offered. And so my wife decided to uh, bring me along to a meditation retreat in Carlsbad at the Chopra Center. How long ago was this? That was uh, December of 2017. Okay. And when did you retire? Uh, of July of 17. Yeah. Yes. 
So retired uh, July 17 and pretty much that six months afterward, everything just progressively got a little worse. Um, uh, the last, like I said, the last few years were pretty, pretty bad for me. Um, even though at work, I, I, I showed myself as being happy and, and, and which I, most everyone is around the station, but it's just when you get away from that environment, when things, when you let their guard down, when you just, you just kind of let fall into your own space and then you, I don't know, you just kind of, you're not right. That's mm -hmm. the best way I can describe that. So, um, so anyhow, we um, we went to this retreat and I was a little hesitant at first. And the only reason I kind of decided to go was a good friend of mine who uh, who runs a construction company, a concrete company. He was going and I'm like, well, this guy's a man, right? He's a man's mm -hmm. man. So um, I'll go. And so that weekend was so impactful for me uh, that I decided to uh, do my best to try to bring meditation to first responders. Can I interrupt you a little yes, bit? Please. So your mindset perspective, because this is really important for people listening, especially people who are first responders. So the man's man, the perception of meditation being weakness and, you know, explain that a little bit further sure. from a mindset of a first responder. Right. Okay. So for years, I can back up a few years now, uh, we would have guys doing yoga at the station and you would be ridiculed beyond belief. I mean, the thought of doing meditation at the station, you just, it just wouldn't happen. Sign of weakness. Yeah. Asking absolutely. for help and just people didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We did nothing to improve our mental strength. Mm. We were, would work out all day. We have gyms at the station, but we would do nothing to make our minds stronger. And so physically you lift weights yeah. to make your muscles stronger, right. but mind for the mind, you don't do anything to make the mind stronger. Correct. It's powerful. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, so never thought I would be getting involved with this. Uh, you know, you, we, I'm surprising myself to this day of, <laughs> you know, what's how much I've progressed um, mm. and how calmer uh, you know, I've become. So, um, so yeah, for sure. It's not really looked upon as, as something that us macho, tough first responders are going to do to, to strengthen ourselves to actually mm. sit in peace and quiet, um, which it's kind of ironic because, you know, the true warriors of the past, the samurais, you know, they, they meditate. And yeah. they gain strength from that. Mm. And so I'm sure we wouldn't be talking smack to the samurai, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and so back, you go to the Chopra Center. Yes. Yeah, you so, have this uh, experience of meditation. Yeah, it was, it literally shifted me. Mm. And I don't know how to describe it unless you've actually been through it. And it was the first thing that I've ever done that actually gave me a shift in another direction, another positive direction. Mm. And and I had tried different things, whether it be exercise or, uh, like I said, it's the self-medication and, and whatnot. So um, so I met with the Chopra Center folks after the event, mm -hmm. and I expressed to them that I, this was a very important tool that I need to help bringing out. Mm -hmm. So they set me up in contact with a group called Veditation, which is... Uh, basically the military side of what we were trying to do okay. and was introduced to uh, uh, the folks over there, a great, great organization. And they do a very simple, they do the same thing I'm trying to accomplish with first responders, with veterans. And um, so if you are a veteran, uh, look up veditation.org, uh, I believe, and, and uh, you can learn more about them there. So, um, so we, uh, we started our campaign to start raising funds for our first retreat and, we had our first retreat with a joint retreat with Veditation and Turn In in August of 2018. 
and we were able to bring out uh, six uh, firefighters and with combined with about 10 military uh, veterans. Mm. And it was a great retreat. We had uh, uh, some positive impact on a lot of guys that were there mm. uh, at that, you know, introducing them to meditation. In fact, one of the, the gentlemen that was there said that if he wasn't here on this retreat, that he would be dead. And he was, it, it changed mm. his life so much. And so as I progressed through this and, and started uh, learning more about the meditation, I decided that it would be my best interest to become a meditation instructor. Mm. So I uh, went through the, the Chopra program and was introduced to, uh, or I shouldn't say introduced, but um, studied their primordial sound meditation mm. and their teachings and uh, furthered my knowledge in that so I could be better used to, to the people in my program mm -hmm. um which is kind of funny as i as i get more into this this practice i was told right away off the bat that there's no such thing as coincidences and mm -hmm. i'm like ah, whatever but it's really true and mm -hmm. the, the things that have unfolded in my life and the program and everything else like that it it can't be coincidence because it's happening almost daily of of doors opening and people i'm meeting and the synchronicity of of what's happening is just, it's unbelievable. It's mm. unbelievable. I would never have believed it unless I was actually living it and seeing it. And so uh, we were on our way in November of last year, we were on our way up to Colorado and there's a great place in Scottsdale called Vincere Cancer Center run by uh, Dr. Shukla. And she's offering free cancer screenings to first responders mm. in the Phoenix metropolitan area. Mm. And so I'm like, you know what, I'll stop in there and, check it out and so um stopped in there and she was more or less like what you know hey you're young you're retired you know what's going on and you know, i'm like i just want to be concerned you know check out the cancer because cancer is a it's a big it's a big deal in the fire service community mm -hmm. and unfortunately too many of us are getting cancers so she wanted to know what i was doing and i let her know that uh you know working with chopra center instructor or almost done with my instructor uh through chopra and and she's like, you're kidding me. And I'm like, no, she's like, well, we're, this is going to be a kind of a satellite Chopra center. And, and, uh, we, we were big on this. And so, uh, I had a, was introduced to, to all of her staff and team mm. and they have a great place over there. So I'm working with them, delivering, um, uh, meditation to the first responders out in the Phoenix area. Mm. And, um, uh, because of that, I was introduced to Hunkapi farms, okay. our programs and, um, and Tara Shad, she's the founder run uh, director over there. And she put on a program uh, for 16 weeks uh, from January to May for first responders using equine therapy. And so I approached Tara to see if I could uh, bring meditation to the guys uh, and gals, the guys mm -hmm. use term use loosely um, to help them, you know, just kind of tell them my story, how much it helped me and try to work you know, see if we could work some meditation into the program mm. that they had already provided. And, and thankfully Tara was big open heart and she's like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And, um, so we had the program, I did my stuff, they did their stuff and truly amazing program mm. that they have going on over there. Um, so right now it's, it's kind of on hold because the funding they have received a grant. Um, and so that grant money has since, uh, expired okay. and ran out. So, we're currently uh, actively searching for funds to keep, make that a sustainable program. Um, that 
program by far uh, has been one of the best things that I've ever been a part of. Mm-hmm. Just watching guys change and more than anything, just having them in a, in a safe environment would be the best way to say mm-hmm. it where they can be vulnerable and talk and, you know, they're still human. We're still human. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't remember <laughs> letting that part of me go when I signed up to do the job and, and then and just the stuff that we see kind of builds up and, and you got to have a place to empty it out somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, um, so great program uh, doing that. And so, yeah, that's kind of kind of where we're at with that. And right now we're currently working on uh, creating a new program for the for the beginning of January 2020. So we can get into that. too. So. Talk about um, you're also you have a program with Yoga 6 in Solana Beach yes. every Wednesday. Talk to us about that and how can people get involved and tell us more about that. Yeah. So uh, Yoga 6 here in Solana Beach. Uh, great place. I had the opportunity to meet uh, Nicole Vincent. She's a general manager over there, and her husband's also a first responder. Um, so, of course, here's our, our uh, no coincidences, right? So we, uh, yeah, we were at Eve and Encinitas, and at a, at a, at a function, I was introduced uh, to the crowd about what I'm doing, and she approached me afterwards and thing. I'm so glad she did. So, every Wednesday at noon, I, I teach a, uh, I should say, teach I guide a guide a meditation for first responders, but it's open to everyone. Uh, in the public. It's uh, it's anyone who wants to come. It's a donation based. And then the first Wednesday of every month, um, we do a co-yoga slash meditation where either um, Beth, uh, the regional manager of Yoga 6, or Nicole uh, will be teaching uh, a yoga session. Nothing too crazy, so no excuses. <laughs> um, you know, we're not standing on our head, I guess, unless you really want to. Um so we're going to we do some yoga and then uh, follow it up with a, a, a brief meditation. And the, really the goal of that is to uh, introduce different mindfulness techniques to the people who come to mm-hmm. that door. And ideally it's some first responders and just simple techniques, breathing techniques, uh, introduction to some apps, uh, just different things that, um, that they can use in their daily life. And just to be clear that, you know, for me, the thought of meditation at first, sitting in a room 30 minutes or whatever it is in complete silence. I mean, that's not for everyone. And there's so many different types of meditation that uh, that I highly recommend you guys explore. I mean, there's literally for me and I believe most, but for myself, I can truly speak of is that it's just being present in the moment. And when I'm present in that moment, I'm not worrying about what happened yesterday or, or what's in the future. And so I can truly be present and enjoy that moment because that's really all we have, right, is this moment. And so just that alone has, um, you know, changed me. So I would love to see you guys come down to Yoga 6, 12. 12 o'clock every Wednesday. And they say yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift, and that's why they call it the present. Yeah, I like it. And so and I think they even expanded it to um, there's local EMTs, paramedics, firefighters, police officers, lifeguards, and then anyone in the military, veterans or active military yes. uh, for free admission for all those people. Uh, and then donation based for anybody else who wants to attend that class. Again, every Wednesday, Yoga 6, Solana Beach. So if you are a first responder or somebody in that category, it's an opportunity to hang with John, have him guide you through uh, some very practical tools of mindfulness and meditation to help cope with life. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. 
who doesn't want to be a little bit stronger, a little bit happier, right? Elaborate for us on, you know, I love how you talk about what mindfulness and, and meditation, the, the different forms of meditation. Give us some examples uh, so people listening can be like, oh, I never thought about that being a meditation practice. Give us some examples that you share with your group. Um, yeah. So, I mean, something as simple as for my first responders out there, uh, checking off the truck in the morning. You got to check off your your airway equipment. You got to check off your whatever your equipment you're checking off that morning, but truly be present with it. So when you're picking up the blood pressure cuff or checking off the meds or whatever you're doing, um, be present with that. And, 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 you know, don't be worrying about what's going on. Just truly just be present with the task that you're doing. Or if it's unloading the dishwasher or any chore you're doing around your house, be very mindful of what you're doing, mm -hmm. thinking about picking up that glass and then putting it wherever you're putting it. Um, you know, that's a, that's a good one. I mean, simply as simple, like is hiking, you know, um, you know, just thinking about your foot hitting the ground mm -hmm. and then looking at the flowers and stop and smell the roses. I mean, that's real. <laughs> Turns out, you know, take that time and take that moment to really be there with the flower and notice mm. the beauty of it. I know how crazy that sounds to people like me from two years ago, <laughs> but so it's not true. something you would have said two years ago. No, hell no, I would have never said that. I would have been like, yeah. slap me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's amazing how beautiful stuff is all around you, and, and if you're so consumed with all the worries and crap and shit in the world that, mm. that you're going to miss it. So just simple little techniques like that, mm. you know, and even like, you know, gardening, it's been mentioned, but just your landscaping chores or whatever you're doing. I mean, that is an act of meditation, mm. running, working out. You can, anything you can do, you can truly be mindful at doing. As long as you're in the moment, yes. that is a form of meditation, no yes. matter what you're doing. Right. And I think a lot of people, I'm glad you clarified that because People think you got to be a monk in the Himalayas levitating in a cave for 16 hours. And they think that's what meditation is. But just right. being mindful in the moment, no matter what you're doing, that is a form of meditation. Yeah. 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 I, uh, it's amazing how much I implement it in my life now without mm. even really noticing or trying. And the impact of others around you, I bet, is very um, tremendous. Yes. So, yes. And. So I've been meditating now, well, it'll be two years in December. And it was a couple months after I, I began meditating that my kids actually noticed it in me prior to me noticing it in myself. And I forget the story exactly, but I'm sure it was someone cut me off and me getting pissed off or something. And I, you know, wanting to do my normal John self, but, um, but I didn't even react and I didn't even see the car. Like didn't even, mm. didn't even, it wasn't even an issue. And they're like, Dad, why didn't you yell at the car? Or why didn't you, why didn't why didn't you react? More or less is what they were saying. Mm. And you know, and I just didn't even it didn't even occur to me to do that. So mm. it's gradually gotten stronger. My wife is just, uh, you know, she can't be any happier. I mean, maybe who knows? I'm sure she can't. But um, you know, I'm definitely an easier person to live with, to be around. I'm definitely not as irritable. I'm not. I don't react the way I used to. Mm. Um, the best way I can describe it to my paramedics out there is um, I was in V-fib or even an SVT and meditation is what's cardioverting me or defibrillating me to get me back into that nice sinus rhythm to, mm. to get to normal. 
Mm. And, and a lot of times too, is like I'd leave the station in a great mood. And by the time I drive from the station to the time I got home, I'd be anxious and irritable. And I don't know why mm. I think it would just be me thinking of all the shit that's going on in the house. Like me checking back into the real world. Mm. Cause at the station, you can be with your station life and your, you have your set of rules and your parameters and then you get home and it's life. It's, mm. you know, there's, there's no playbook for, for life. Mm. There's no standing operating procedure for what's going to go on at home. And so a lot of things that would set me off in the past, like dishes being in the sink when I got home from work would be irritating to me because I just left the clean station. Mm. And, and to think back now about how insignificant that was and how worked up I would get over that. Something so stupid blows my mind now now you have the coping skills to manage life yes and you're helping other people yeah in that same space who might not necessarily have those coping skills and now you can help them Mm -hmm. apply them into their life and it's really practical way to do it yes give us a glimpse for me like as i prepared for this podcast with you you know I, i talked to some people who know what an average day or a shift on as a first responder, what an average day looks like, the number of calls that you get. But I want the audience to hear in your perspective on, you know, the lack of sleep, the um, disruption to your schedule. And if you don't mind some things that you see on the job that people probably don't understand or think about that gives the listener a perspective of, holy shit, like this is trauma that for me, I didn't, even think about, mm-hmm. like I told you earlier, like I think about veterans coming back from war with PTSD, but the PTSD and the first responders, because of the things that you see, give the audience a perspective of what that looks like. Sure. So, um, the best way I can describe it is, uh, everyone out there has their own level of the call 911. Mm-hmm. So, but when you call 911, you're basically, I am a part of the worst day of your life. And I do that. Mm-hmm could be no times a shift or it could be 20 times a shift. Mm. So 20 times a shift, there's a chance that I'm a the, part of the worst day of your life. Mm. So whatever that can make up. So we're going to run calls mm. on. Um, so the area I worked in, um, in, uh, in Arizona and uh, metropolitan Phoenix uh, fire department out there. Um, you know, the fire trucks have the paramedics on. So we would respond. You call 911, we're all hazard response, and we would go to whatever you need. You call 911, you would get you would get us, whether it be fire, police, medical, or not police, but fire or medical or all hazard, you know, whatever that might be. Um, so, you know, some calls are boring and, you know, and, you know, they kind of grind on you a little bit. But then, you know, you're going to have child drownings. You're going to have child abuse. You're going to have people that are shot or killed or innocent people that have been hurt or abused. Um, you know, I think the ones that usually get me the most were the, the people that I, I should say normal people, but like people that are not involved in crime that were just minding their own damn business and their life has been snatched away for some mm. bullshit reason or for whatever the deal is. I'm like, damn. And you could always find someone that you could relate that to. Like, Oh, that looks like my kid or my mm. wife or my cousin or uncle or whatever the deal is. Um, that's the ones that kind of sting the most, but um, you know, 
we we would look forward to fire. I mean, that's what we were trained to do. We would want to fight fire. That's our. We would love to do that every day mm-hmm. of the week. That was. It's fun. I mean, that's what we signed up to do. Yeah. And even though it's somebody's property, it's horrible for them. But, but on the same time of that, as much as fun we're having, um, you know, it's somebody's home and property, and you see the pictures on the ground, and there's, you know, it's just everything's ruined. Their clothes, and just to think that how much they have to go through to get back to even, mm-hmm. and all the lost memories and and things that happen, and so that there's just so many different things that that we would run on um suicides unbelievable you know like people where they choose to do it and how they did it and total selfish maneuver in their house Mm -hmm. their kids are home i mean there's just uh the the teenage boy who overdoses and Mm -hmm. um and is stuck between the bed and the wall and he's dead he's Mm -hmm. been dead for a long time and mom's begging you to come and Mm. and try to bring him back but you can't right he's he's been dead for hours and so um i think that's the big grind is just the the slow drip and you talked about the military and absolutely those guys have the way i can only in my mind make sense of it is like we have a slow drip of 20 years of like a dripping faucet Mm. or 20 years or longer i mean a lot of firefighters will work up to 37 years Mm. um and where the military, the way I, I, I look at it, and I don't know, I'm not a veteran, but like a fire hose for two years or four years or six years or whatever, you know, their time was where they just get blasted, mm. um, where ours was just a slow, steady trip, trip, trip. Over so you, long you, you have this trauma box yeah. that you just, you what you see every day for 20 years. Yeah. And to, if you don't have the skills and the tools that builds up and then it's got to overflow. So talk to me about the suicide, what the firefighters, the first responders go through chemical dependency, drug addiction, alcoholism. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So that, um, that is a huge problem in the industry, um, with the alcohol dependence, the suicide. Uh, And the problem from my perspective is that we're too afraid to ask for help. We're worried about the stigma of being perceived as weak. And that's total bullshit. And, Mm. you know, I'm guilty of it. I am guilty of working as a firefighter, thinking I'm this tough guy and watching guys around me years ago um, fall to this. And my first thought was that's weak. They're weak. Mm. They're not as strong as me. Um, But... It wasn't my time. Like it was still ticking. It was still building. It was still filling. Or maybe it filled faster for this guy or they didn't have whatever the deal is. But there's no way you can go through a career, see the shit you see, and not have some sort of – it has to affect you in some way. Mm-hmm. We're human. Mm-hmm. It has to. So how you choose to deal with that is, you know <laughs> – that's the that's the uh, the question at hand. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the that's the big mystery, and it's not the same for everyone. And so, I have found peace in meditation. It's not for everyone. I wish everyone would do it. Mm. Um, you know, everyone has their own different ways. But um, you know, for me, you know, the chemical dependency. You know that that I went strong. I started early. <laughs> in high school and, and powered through and and 
And then when you get into the fire service, and I'm not saying as a blanket statement, but a lot of what we do is centered around having a good time at a bar or whatever we're doing. And um, there's a lot, I don't know if it's tradition, but it was for our department. (laughs) You know, we would, it would be a lot of drinking or, or, or we would get sponsorships by different companies when we were doing events and stuff like that, different alcohols. And, and so it's all good and dandy as long as you can maintain that, as long as you can play within the lines. And, uh, I couldn't after a while, this alcoholism, it's a progressive disease. And I started going outside the lines and I started losing control of, uh, when I started drinking and, so to continue more about myself, you know, part of my meditation practice is I would ask myself four questions. Who am I? What do I want? What's my purpose? And what am I thankful for? And, and what do I want? I would always plant that little seed of, I don't want to drink anymore. I'm done. I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Mm. It's just not, it's not as fun as it used to. And I think the reasons why I'm drinking uh, are not healthy. And this started two years ago after you went to Chopra. This yeah. meditation right. where you asked those questions. Yes. And then it started, yeah. that seed was planted. Yep. The okay. seed was planted for sure. And so six months ago, that was it. I uh, flipped the switch on to, uh, or off, depending on which way we're running, um, that I was done, done drinking. And drinking was something that I loved doing with my friends. It was just, it was something that, Maybe I was too good at. <laughs> I can relate. And uh, so, um, and the thought of me never drinking again used to scare the shit out of me. And and that always bothered me. Like, like there was always a reason to find a drink. It's birthday or whatever. You, you could, there's millions of reasons, right? Uh, if you're looking for them. And so I decided that, that, I mean, it wasn't anything that, it was just me not being present with my family when I needed to be. Mm. And that was enough to finally catapult me into sobriety. Um, and if I, there's no way for as much as I love drinking, there's no way for me to, to turn that off. And I truly believe that meditation by planting that seed, by growing that, by creating those, those new pathways in my brain, which is science is new proof. neural pathways. Yep. Absolutely. So neuroplasticity, look it up in case you don't know what it is. Our minds are growing, they're changing. Um, So I have no desire to drink, none. And it's weird to me. It actually blows my mind. I want you to elaborate on the neuroplasticity. Sure. Uh, Because I think it's so important that we can create the new neural pathways because people, whether it's addiction, people getting sober, people who are negative, who want more of a positive mindset, talk to us more about that because I think it's so powerful. Yes. Um, so I recently, well, everything's recent within, <laughs> within the last two years, but uh, yeah, so th- there's scientific evidence of by meditation, uh, by a normal practice of meditating, ideally daily, that you can actually change the structure of your physical brain and, and create new pathways. And um, I mean, there's MRIs or the, uh, I can't think of the, the, M, uh, the motion MRI, I can't think of the acronym for it, but um yeah, where they're showing this, how different parts of the brains become activated with a normal meditation practice. Um, so this is this is science. This is fact. This is truth. This isn't some made-up woo-woo 
crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like this is this is real stuff, and this is something that you know at first I definitely needed to because by you know I I I need facts for me to truly mm-hmm. believe in something like that. So yeah, so that's. And I want you to thank you for clarifying that because I think it's so important. And for those of you that know, meditation and mindfulness is something that's the most important thing of what I do of my sobriety as well. Four and a half years meditation, my practice every morning to just be and not do, to be able to respond versus react, to create those neural new neural pathways of you know positive thinking and not old story. So I love that you talked about the science behind it and it's not just us making shit up right but talk to us real quick about your um when you made the decision get sober one of the things about the accident with your son and talk to us about you've been helping people for 20 years everybody and then not being able to help your son and how would that kind of help the sobriety yeah so uh that event uh, my son was snowboarding up in big bear and hurt himself on saturday and um, my, I wasn't drinking on Saturday and I offered him like, hey, I'll go pick you up or whatever I need to do. And he's like, no, it's fine. I'll be all right. And, and so he toughed it out. Well, anyways, I ended up going out drinking on Saturday night, which bled into Sunday and um, ended up going out to the bar on Sunday. And, and um, you know, that, that never ends well. Uh, <laughs> a solid 24 hours. Um, well, I ended up passing out on the couch, and as my son comes home, I'm asleep. He gets home Sunday at 7 o'clock. He's, from what I understand, he's hobbling around. He's not doing well. My wife takes him to the emergency room to find out that he has a broken leg. And that was it. Like, how does this guy, firefighter, paramedic, 20 years, can't help his own family? Like, are you kidding me? Like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> and that was it. And I'll never forget that feeling, that just terrible, just terrible. You know, I couldn't be there to help him when he needed the help. And so that was definitely a driving force in it. But as I've learned more about this disease and this alcoholism that, you know, eventually I'll make uh, like, well, well, I can, I can start drinking again and, you know, eh, you know, I'll be fine. I won't do it as much, but um, you know, with the help of AA and, and meditation and all this, it's been, it's actually been very easy for me to, to be sober and which is, which truly blows my mind. And, and through all this, I can, can't tell you how much my life has gotten better in the last two years like it and i I like to use this term and i don't know if it's right or wrong but (laughs) someone say i made a 180 and you know corrected my life well to me it's like a hard 90 like i know what's behind me i know what path that was but i'm going down an entirely new direction somewhere i never thought existed Mm. um the, the relationships with my wife my kids my friends and my family i mean i it is so amazing. I, I can't even I can't even describe it. I wish you could bottle it and sell it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know I, I don't miss anything anymore. And I remember days like I go uh, 
you know, I would dread going to a sporting event, like my kids event on a Saturday. We're like, ah, shit, I, I'd rather be watching football or whatever the deal may be where, um, God, I was missing it. Mm. I was missing that. I wish I could get those times back mm. where I could be fully present with my kid playing soccer when they're in fourth grade or whatever they were doing, you know, and um, I would do anything to have that fully back yeah. and be be truly present. I may have been sober, but I may have been mind was thinking something else or I was worrying about something, but to truly enjoy being present with mm. that would be awesome. And all the people that you're helping now over the last six months being sober, the last two years with your meditation journey, how you are just sitting here and talking to you and just the, the stillness and you're just being versus doing and how many people listening that you're helping by sharing your story, your experience, strength and hope, how many people you're helping with turn in your new um, 501c3 to help bring tools to other first responders to, so they don't have to go through what you went through and mm -hmm. to get them the help that they need. Yeah. And that it's okay. It's actually strength asking for help. That vulnerability is strength, right? Spiritual warrior. Yes. Through meditation. Yes. It is. That is the truth. Cause I look back at what I've done and accomplished over the last two years. There's nothing weak about it. Nothing mm -hmm. weak. <laughs> like, I mean, it's taken some savage strength to to do that and to overcome these tremendous obstacles that were literally dragging me down. Mm. And two years ago, about this time, I was looking out at the beach, at the ocean. We're in San Diego here. And I was so depressed. I was so down. And I just thought to myself, life would be so much easier if I wasn't in it. Mm. And I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is that about? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, what is that about? I mean, mm -hmm. I have a great life. I have a great family. I have so many blessings. And for that thought to come into my mind, that's not okay. You know, and mm -hmm. to truly find this peace through meditation and, and the value and happiness and calmness. And um, that's a tremendous strength mm -hmm. to have. And why not go through life happier and calmer and more present and experience things the way they were supposed to be experienced and not numbed out to it or, you know, numbed out in your mind from everything that's drawing you down or dragging you down. So, yeah. All right. So turn in dot life. I will put the website in the show notes. I'll also put John's Instagram handle. Um, for people listening, John, how can we support you? In what ways can we support you? Um, people listening, how do we get involved? Sure. Um, so yeah, as we discussed earlier, yoga six noon at Solana beach every Wednesday. So if you guys want to come, you can dual benefit. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, you can actually get something, um, come, come for a great meditation or yoga. And then so we do a donation there. And then on our website, we have a donation button you can click on there. And 100% of these funds go directly back to programs for first responders. Uh, our next program that we're putting on is uh, going to be in January. Uh, our goal so far, and it's been true, is to 100% support um, to cover the cost for everyone. So there's no excuses. You come. 
there's no excuses why you can't be here. Mm-hmm. And so that one uh, will either be held in Phoenix or San Diego, just depending on uh, who wants to come. Okay. And um, that'll be the MPEAK program. That's a Mindful Performance Enhancement Awareness and Knowledge. And that program was created here at UCSD for the U.S. Olympic team to improve their um uh, the outcome of their games uh, through mindfulness and uh, performance enhancement. And uh, so the instructor, Pete Kirschmer, a great guy. Uh, he's been working with um, Border Patrol, Homeland Security, uh, which includes Border Patrol, Secret Service. Uh, I know they're involved with this uh, special warfare guys as well. So um, this program is not about weakness. We're building strength mm-hmm. and we're building um, tools that we can use to help us just perform better in life, period. Uh, so that's that's what majority of these funds will be collected uh, that we can have this program. So um, we're looking to raise ten thousand dollars in the next uh, few months here to to send uh, twenty five first responders to a two and a half day uh, intensive, and then we follow up with a six week um, uh, video conference uh, for an hour every week, which they'll have uh, uh, different types of meditations programs, things they can start implementing. So. Yeah, that's our goal. Please check us out. Please like us on social media. It turns out those are important things. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Learning about all this stuff. So, as uh, you're the founder, social media manager, <laughs> yeah, HR, yeah, everything. So um, awesome. Right on, man. Well, thanks for having me, Andrew. I yeah. appreciate the time and sure. uh, helping me get this message out. And um, you know, you guys listening out there, um, please feel free to direct message mail me or email me or whatever it is. Be more than happy to talk to anyone. Um, I've talked to so many first responders over the last two years. Um, the impact has been tremendous. Um, everything you talk about me with this confidential, so don't worry about um, anything getting out or, or whatever. So um, I I know how important it is. I know how important it is for your home life and your spouses and relationship with your family and friends. And um, so uh, take care. Meditate. Download an app. Do it. <laughs> and I'll include John's email in the show notes as well. Uh, his face, his Instagram, his website, all that uh, will be in the show notes. Um, John, thank you, man. I really admire you in the work that you're doing. Thank you. Um, your, for your service, uh, sharing your story. Um, I started this podcast a year ago. It's called Positive Impact to amplify the message of people who are doing rad shit doing meaningful work that matters, making a difference in the lives of others and having a positive impact in the community. And you fit that to a T and I just want to acknowledge you and uh, recognize you and um, thank you again for all that you're doing. You're making a difference, a positive impact. Um, And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. That's good stuff. All right, guys, check us out. Let us know what you think. Uh, Everything's in the show notes. Hit John up. He's doing rad shit. Thanks, guys. Have an awesome day. Peace. Bye. Thank you.